This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey guys, what's up? I'm great. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Good. All right. Can you hear me? I'm on a. I'm actually on a road trip right now. I got my whole crew from our podcast, the hey. the, the Take Twelve podcast about the Seahawks. Uh, we changed the name this year, by the way, guys. It's now the Take Twelve podcast, um, and we're all in the car. We're actually headed from Seattle down to LA right now. So I might. That's be fantastic. I'm not really sure. There's a lot of road noise. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we could hear the road noise, but it's great. To, the sounds of road trips are so awesome. So, Brett, we appreciate who who always in the car. I mean, if you have your whole crew, who's the crew? No, for real. We got so really we were up there doing uh, a charity golf tournament for we have another podcast about the mighty Seattle Kraken, which is the most badass brand new NHL team to ever be in the NHL. And um, this summer there was a charity golf tournament for a youth hockey organization that we like to support called uh, Seattle Youth Hockey Assist. So we were up there in the beautiful Northwest hanging out, playing golf, doing some good for charity. And, of course, hanging out with a lot of former Seahawks and doing some stuff for our Take 12 Seahawks podcast. And now we're just all headed back down to uh, L.A. But I got producer Katie here, hey. producer of the show, and then the missing link, another producer of our show. How's it going, guys? His real name's Ryan. And, uh, yeah, man, we're just having a good summer on, on an old road trip down I-5 South. Well, that that's, sounds fantastic. That's great. That's great. Well, we're here to talk – Football, specifically the Steelers and Seahawks match. Us too. We are too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you, you've got to be. I'm fired like up, guys. I'm fired up. It's football season. Football's back. Right? I'm so fired up. You know what? Oh, yeah, I've been should... telling people like I don't care if it's pre- I don't care if it's preseason. I don't care if the games don't really matter. I'm uh-huh. just super pumped for football to have something new to talk about. To not be rehashing the same stories every week and trying to find glimmers of something in in training camp practice reports you guys in seattle well in seattle especially i mean it's been it's a seahawk town it probably still is it especially has been for the last few years because you know the mariners our our baseball team los marineros up in seattle they never really give us anything to do during the summer i don't know if you guys have checked though this summer mariners having a good season so a lot of people talking mariners in town but the Seahawks are back at training camp, and so it's football season. It is football season. Brett, do you realize that 
we have the pirates. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you guys realize that you have the pirates? Do we? Do we really though? I wish the Nutting family realized that we have the pirates. I, I'm wearing. I'm actually wearing a pirate hat right now, and that's really odd. I don't wear hats. But, oh man! Wow. All right. So, let, getting to football. Getting into football. What are the major storylines? If some, if someone in our audience here has not followed anything Seattle related at all, what are the main storylines for the Seattle Seahawks this offseason? Well, I mean, you'd have to be living under a rock or under a terrible towel uh, to not know that Russell Wilson is no longer a Seahawk and he's what? now wearing his own jersey into the practice facility in Denver. Um, I, I've asked a bunch of uh, former Seahawks who will remain nameless right now and a bunch of former pros, you guys. And I don't know if you guys can weigh in on this as well, but have you guys ever seen someone wear their own jersey? Ever? Boo. Ever? Yeah. What yeah. was that? Yeah. I mean, the yeah, truck I was sick. It. Like, the truck in the background was amazing. Like, I wish him well and all that, all the good he did for us and everything. But what's with the wearing your own jersey? I don't know, man. See, I think it's brilliant. I would actually do that if I had no! talent to play. Yeah, they, <laughs> you know, because it's it's great. I mean, you do it in high school. You get to wear your jersey out. So, I mean, I would. No, no, cool. no, no. When you when you play in a band, you wear a different band's T-shirt. You don't wear your own <laughs> band's T-shirt on stage. Yeah, you know, who, who so many it? NFL players they show up to training camp. They wear like. Their college shirts. So we're like, you know, like yeah. Hayley, every year with a or like or like a, a legend from the team. Like he could have been wearing an old Elway, you know, or, yeah. or a Terrell Davis or or a Shannon Sharp. Uh, shout yep. out to your Shannon, who I understand isn't there, but well wishes. Um, but but your own jersey. I mean, come on, Russ. I, you know, he hasn't even worn his own jersey on the field yet. <laughs> I I once again, I think it's hilarious. You know who did it? The late Chris Henry. Really. Or, for yeah i i used to follow him he was he was his own guy at west virginia he used to do it at west virginia and he did it okay. with, the, with the Bengals as well he'd go out to bars wearing his own jersey well <laughs> Which, i mean look whatever jersey he's wearing I, like you guys asked i mean that that is clearly the biggest thing facing our seahawks this year is who's going to play quarterback yeah. for this team you know you got geno smith who backed up russ for years is obviously a veteran um, played well last year coming in when Russ was injured. Like, uh, I, I, it was against you guys, right, with with Watt yep. at the end of the game, just kind of, you know, mm -hmm. making that fumble happen, which, I mean, Watt's a beast. So, you know, props to him on that. But Gino played well, you know. And then, of course, we got uh, Drew Locke coming in off of the Russell trade. Second-round pick back in the day, you know, didn't really work out there in Denver. But a lot of people – especially here in Seattle, aren't sure if he ever really got the coaching that he deserved. So now he's coming in here. And if you listen to Pete Carroll, if you listen to the Seahawks, they say it's a wide open competition. And it looked like Gino had the lead. Everyone thought he was a shoe in, but all the reports out of camp are that Drew Locke is dropping dimes out there. So he could possibly Russell Wilson, Gino Smith's Matt Flynn, if you follow me. Okay. You know, I, I kind of feel, Brett and Jeffrey, that when you look at the same, their quarterback situations, the Steelers and the Seahawks are pretty much in the same boat in a different way. I mean, the legends left for different reasons. 
Right. You know, one was traded. The Ben Roethlisberger retired. I think in Pittsburgh, the uh, it was a mutual uh, separation because they both felt like it was time to go. Maybe the Steelers more than Ben Roethlisberger thought it was time to go. But yeah, I know if I'm a Seahawk fan, I'm feeling shell shocked right now because Russ just decided. I mean, they decided to. Uh, move on from Russ and well, uh, so on and so forth. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because we, we do our show. We have a lot of guests on from time to time. We get people from around the country and there's this like maybe national perception of, of the Seahawks and especially Seahawks fans that like, what are we going to do without our face of the franchise and the quarterback that brought us our only Super Bowl? But I think I might speak for a, a large section of Seahawks fans where the Russell Wilson show might have been tired for the last couple of seasons. I mean, regular season Russ, you know, uh, great season, great numbers during the season, MVP numbers, especially early in seasons, but then sort of fading as the seasons go on. There's some big plays where, you know, he might have might have scrambled around a little too late or got caught from behind. He's not as fast as he used to be, or he would be taking, you know, delays a game at the line in big situations and causing the team some penalties and stuff. And like, just... I don't know, man. I, there's a fresh energy. We were just coming from Seattle, like yeah. I said, and the town is – I don't know if, if they're really all that sad about it. I think people are kind of excited to see what's next. And right now it kind of feels like 2011 up there with, with the young talent coming in. And, I'm, you know, we'll see what these quarterbacks can be. We'll see what we get in the draft maybe. But I don't know. I think people are kind of excited to see what Pete Carroll can do and – you know, without Russ. And, and and don't forget, we don't have Bobby Wagner either on defense, the quarterback of the defense. I think real Seahawks fans, I think, miss Bobby more than Russ, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I can see that. Bobby Wagner, man. That guy that guy was the, the best or at least, you know, top three at least for almost every year. He was Absolutely. There in Seattle. Just so phenomenal. Yeah. And I believe well, now – that's everyone, right? That's everyone from the Super Bowl teams. All the major players of the Super Bowl teams are now gone, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That that was all that was left. And, you know, it's interesting because Bobby leaves. We got this young linebacker, Jordan Brooks, who I believe last season set the franchise record for tackles in a season, um, which obviously probably was held by Bobby. Now, Bobby's season cut a little short due to injury. But, you know, it, that's what I mean. It's like it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what these young guys who have sat behind some of these vets for a few years are able to do this season. And, you know, I don't know how many wins it translates to, but it, it, it might be exciting from like a developmental uh, perspective watching these games because <laughs> that might be all we have to look forward to this year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I understand. And there's when you have a team in transition, like both of our teams are basically in transition here that you do yeah. have so many other storylines besides the quarterbacks too. What do you feel is the yeah. top storyline as far as personnel wise or the top battle right now in camp for the Seahawks? Okay. So write this down, tweet it out, Instagram it, put it on TikTok, guys. There will be a Legion of Boom 2.0 coming very soon to the nice. Pacific Northwest because the storyline right now in Seattle is these defensive backs that they picked up in the draft. They're long, they're athletic. The videos of them, I mean, they're, I mean, keeping up with DK, you know, batting some balls down, 
Um, there's a lot of reports coming out of camp of how good these guys are playing. It's uh, Tariq Woolen and uh, uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, I mean, these guys, they, 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 they look like, you know, reminiscent of Richard Sherman, Brandon Browner, and, and those guys from the Super Bowl run a few years ago. So, um, like I said, like young talent, I don't know if it's this year, but excited to see those guys develop, and they've been looking amazing out there so far, apparently. That's actually one of my matchups to watch this game is mm-hmm. I want to see George Pickens of the Steelers, who's been tearing it up, go sure. against Kobe Bryant, who's been having success guarding DK Metcalf. I want to see that matchup in yeah. this game. That's a tasty for- one. That's a tasty one for sure. Absolutely. Now, interesting to me is the Seahawks look to be focusing more on running the ball again, getting back to running the ball more, not being a pass-heavy team. Yep. But you're doing that with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf at wide receiver. Like, does that make sense? Are these receivers that you want to have on a, you know, a run-heavy team? Or with a guy well, like DK opening routes and, and Tyler Lockett's route running, wouldn't well, you, I you think, want you know, to I mean, the ball? Well, look, hey, you, you Steelers guys know what running the ball is all about. And Absolutely. so does Pete Carroll. I mean, he likes to run to set up the pass, set up the play mm-hmm. action. Um, again, just going back to like what I've been reading coming out of camp, um, apparent, you know, another rookie, so another young talent. I mean, I know they, you know, not had any NFL games yet, so I understand that take all this with that grain of salt. But uh, Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State, uh, kid had a great, you know, last year in college. Um, we pick him up in the draft. Uh, Chris Carson, unfortunately, retires due to that neck injury. And, you know, I mean, just bittersweet moment there because he's just such a fan favorite with Seahawks fans, the way he just went after it every game and after it every play. But um, but the rookie comes in and he's looking good. And I've been reading these reports that the quarterbacks are zipping it over the middle on some of these seam routes that maybe the guy who wears his own jersey wasn't tall enough to see. So... Maybe DK and Tyler Lockett are looking forward to getting actually more targets uh, than they would have with Russ scrambling around in the backfield and then getting caught from behind. What's the excitement (laughs) in Seattle right now? (laughs) What's the excitement with with the tight end situation with Noah Fant coming over in that trade as well? Because I think he was a hidden gem in that deal. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, we've had some talented tight ends here. Uh, Jimmy Graham, you know, we got him from New Orleans when Russ was here, all that stuff. I think he holds the record for touchdowns uh, for tight ends with the Seahawks. But a lot of Seahawks fans would tell you they feel like even Jimmy Graham's time here, even though he might have that record or whatever, like he was even underutilized with Russ here. So I think a lot of people are really excited to see what, different quarterbacks are going to do with a tight end like Noah Fant, who, by the way, played in Denver with, you know, Drew Locke. So maybe they have that relationship there. We'll see what happens with the quarterbacks. But, I mean, a big target like that, lining up down in the red zone with DK Metcalf and a Tyler Lockett, who we know is small but deadly in the red zone, sign me up for that all day long. It's it's funny to me listening to you talk because the parallels – between the uh-huh. Seahawks offense and the Steelers offense this year, where the yeah. Steelers have a great core group of wide receivers. Seahawks have great group of wide receivers. Young running backs that look great. 
questionable offensive lines that they've added to and a quarterback room that's in transition. Yeah. Let's talk about the offensive line. Have yes. the Seahawks done enough to address the offensive line? Does it look like their picks were successful? Does it look like this team is going to be able to turn it around up front? So Charles Cross, who they drafted in the top five, right, Ryan? Missing link, right? Top yes. five pick? Yeah. yeah. Top five left tackle in the draft this year. He's taken every snap with the first team. Um, their last their last tackles they've taken in the draft that high are Robert Okun or Russell Okun, sorry, and then uh, uh, Walter Jones. Maybe you've heard of him. So, so if Charles Cross, if Charles Cross can be anything like that, I mean, that would be amazing. And then they got Damian Lewis, who is just a beast at guard. I mean, the guy, I don't even know if he's given up a sack yet. I think this is his second or third season. Um, so they, I don't know if they've like even really like addressed the offensive line or if it's just, you know, the young guys, again, I keep talking about it, but it's just them maturing into what we need them to be. Uh, as cornerstones of the franchise going forward, you know? I mean, we want to run the ball, so we need those big road graders up there, and that's what Pete Carroll wants to develop. So, you know, and look, his history is he'll grab guys off the defensive line and turn them around and make them play offensive line. So, you know he's got to have some kind of a plan. Brett, in Pittsburgh, we have something we call a BTSC. We, we call it the Isaac Redman Award. And the Isaac Redman Award is for that guy – that uh, was either drafted really late or you know an undrafted free agent that comes in and tears it up. And who on the Seahawks would be that guy this year? And there's also another guy that was drafted fairly later that I want to ask you about because has ties to one of our guys here at BTSC. So I want to okay. see if, if that guy is, is uh, the guy you mentioned, but is there anybody on offense or on defense that you think could be – that player that emerges from uh, the depths of depravity well uh on this this from this last draft let's see here um we talked about the cornerbacks i mean i think i think one of them was kind of drafted a little later than maybe they should have been but give me bo melton wide receiver i'm not sure what round they took him in but i know it was later but he's a rocket i think he ran a four three, four at the combine or something. So he's a speed guy. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, you know, we'll see what, what happens there. I don't know, but that, that would be one that like a guy I'm kind of rooting for to make the team maybe, and you know, see what he can do. I wish we had a bell, Jeffrey. Ding, 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 yep. ding, ding. Oh, Bo really? <laughs> Bo Melton's the guy. It's like we planned it. Yeah. I, it's <laughs> we, amazing. But, we, Jeffrey didn't even know he was going to do it. So, <laughs> My partner, and here we go, the Steelers pregame show, KT Smith, is the coach of Ocean City, New Jersey, and uh -huh. a three-time champion team. And Bo Melton, he has uh, played or coached against the entire Bo Melton family over wow. the years. And Bo ended up going to Rutgers. He said he's a phenomenal young man, and he's coached against him. They always had a hard time with him um, as far as game planning against Bo. And wow. was really pulling for the Steelers to look look to take Bo Melton. And when uh, the Seahawks took him, he was kind of bummed because one of them would be black and gold. But that's the guy. Uh, we hear great things about him. I just firsthand from Coach Smith. So you're going to love having this guy. Nice. Yeah. No, I'm excited for that. I think, look, this draft, I, I was really happy with what the Seahawks did in the draft. They, they 
I think have some real cornerstones. I mean, maybe they didn't get that quarterback, but they got a left tackle, and maybe we'll look for a quarterback in the next one if uh, these two guys can't can end up being the guy. You know, so I'm I'm happy with what they've been doing lately. So, what are you looking for game plan wise? What are you looking for overarchingly to see yeah. from the Seahawks in Week One of the preseason? I think. And we've been talking about it on our podcast. Maybe I've mentioned it, the Take 12 podcast, uh, spelled how it sounds, T-A-K-E, the number one, the number two. Um, with the, this Seahawks, we need, a, we need an identity. We need a personality. We, it was Russ's team, and, and rightfully so, but it was Russ's team for maybe two or three years too long. Um, like any relationship, it might have gotten stale, and we were just sort of going through the motions. And I think... I think if a lot of Seahawks fans are honest, we kind of felt that too. And I think a lot of us, like I said, are looking forward to a young, hungry team with a lot of juice, a lot of fire, a lot of energy, and that are going to go out there and establish this identity. And the identity that we all want to see is is the one that won us a Super Bowl, which is a defense that doesn't give up an inch and an offense that you know controls time of possession, hangs onto the ball, and, uh, you know, can make big plays down the field when they have to with, you know, the newly re-signed uh, DK Metcalf. Absolutely. And I, I can't wait to see it. You know, something that uh, Jeffrey and I talk about and we all talk about here at BTSC is when you're looking at preseason, it's there's no opponent but yourselves. So, yeah, yeah the, the Steelers to the Seahawks should probably be just uh, – you know, nameless gray faces, as Mike Tomlin wants to call them, and vice versa. But who on the Steelers are you interested in checking out this weekend when the two teams play? Well, I mean, like you kind of touched on, I mean, who's going to play quarterback for you guys? You know, I'm excited. To, <laughs> I'm excited to see that. I'm I'm excited to see the uh, the matchups with our DBs against your receivers, because, I mean, that's obviously big strength of your guys team. You know, um, I, I, you know, how many, how much of the starters are we really going to see? Also, it is preseason, but um, you know, I look, I love to hate your guys' team, okay? <laughs> and even though it's preseason, I'm excited to watch it because we all know what happened in the Super Bowl all those years ago. My my co-host Lofa Tatupu, he would appreciate that I never bring it up ever again. I yeah, um, Lofa, Lofa was but, phenomenal on that team too. Yeah. Oh, he sure was, you know, captain of that team and everything. But look, I mean, anytime we line it up with you guys, anything can happen. You know, the even the regular season game, uh, when was that? A few years ago. I think it was at you guys. It was just a back and forth, just insane game. Um, these two teams are just fun to watch, man. So, and also, like we've been saying, football's back. So I don't really care who they run out there. I'm just excited to see it happen. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because that was on my list of questions in my head to ask you if uh, you hated the Steelers pre-2006. <laughs> of course I do. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to back away from it. I hate the Steelers with everything inside my Seahawk fandom. But that is what we are supposed to do as sports fans because of the way that everything went down and the history and whatever. And it doesn't have to be bitter. But there is a healthy hate for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, you know, I mean, come on, you guys, legendary franchise, have won plenty of Super Bowls. So me hating on you shouldn't really hurt you that much. Uh, so, you know, don't, don't take it too hard. Oh, no. It, I, I don't I don't know if you can see 
my my camera shot here, but I am uh, sitting next to the uh, the front page of the newspaper framed on my wall from the day oh, after that Super Bowl at Times Ward uh, holding the trophy. Does so, it have uh, a Does it have a picture of the referees holding up the trophy with you guys as well? <laughs> well or there you go. Did you guys hey, keep I that one? Ask uh, you, though, under I do want to ask you though. Has Has the Seahawks appearances and and win in the Super Bowl since then lessened the hurt of that loss or does it still sit there or is it just you know something that's that's there but it doesn't hurt quite as bad well I think for fans you know obviously going back to two Super Bowls um there's another Super Bowl that was quite painful and might even be a little bit more painful than the one against you guys uh in the eyes of the fans so I think, yeah, the, the hurt from uh, the one with you guys in Detroit, it might be less. But not if you ask the players, you know, if you ask Lofa, if you ask guys on that team, I mean, of course, that one will stick with them forever. And, you know, they, they yeah, that was that was a, a tough day for all of them and, and everything. But, um, you know, the start of a really great run for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, the Seattle Seahawks were, they, they had a couple good teams with Largent and, you know, some teams in the past. But, you know, not until Mike Holmgren and Lofa and, Hasselbeck and Sean Alexander and Walter Jones and Robbie Tobeck and, you know, all the Daryl Jackson, all those guys, man. And they kind of set us on this course that we're on now. And, you know, that's reason why we all love the Seahawks as much as we do up here in Seattle, you know. So one thing that I love to do, and I'm starting an article that starts tomorrow here at BTSC, it's going to be called the uh, Black and Gold DeLorean. As we look at look back at the greatest matchups with of all time from the teams that the Steelers are going to play that week, so uh-huh. I know you're not going to pick February 5th of <laughs> 2006. No, but what is your favorite Steelers Seahawks game? Well, it might be that regular season one. You guys will have to help me remember how many years 19? ago it was. It might have been four, or five. It was it 19? Two, two, three years? Well, that'd be like three I would years say ago. it was 19. Mm-hmm. Ru- yeah. Russ threw five touchdown pa- or four yes. touchdown passes. Yes, that, that was an insane game. I remember watching that thing and not sitting down for at least three quarters of it. And it, it was just two good teams going back and forth, right? I mean, we were on the road, which Seahawks fans always get nervous when the Seahawks go on the road um, and play East Coast teams. So, yeah, but that, that was just a, I mean, I mean, we ended up pulling that one out, if I remember correctly, which is probably why I love it so much. 28 26. <laughs> yeah. But that was a nail biter. It was fun, though. You got to admit, it was fun, right, guys? Yeah. Well, that, that was a really painful game all the way around because Ben Roethlisberger goes out at halftime for the season. Uh, yeah. was, oh, that's right. There, oh, that's right. That's there was right. a really ugly. That's when you could, you could overturn the pass interference. And one of the few, I, I think they hardly did it all season, but they overturned. Uh, an interference on uh, Terrell Edmonds, who uh, who uh, tangled up with DK. Wait, no, wait, hold on. We got two different games, I think, actually, because the one that Russ threw five touchdowns, because that score that was in wouldn't Seattle. work. Wait, that was so in okay, Seattle. so I'm I'm talking 15. about the other one, and then you're talking. Yeah, so I'm in. I'm talking about the 15 one. Yeah, I remember oh. the one you're talking about because the one I was talking about, I was like, wait, I thought Ben played the whole game. So okay, wait. So my favorite one is the one in Seattle, not the one where Ben got hurt. Yeah. Just for the record. Even though, even though 
we all know Ben didn't cross the goal line in that Super Bowl that we were all talking about. I don't wish for him to get hurt on the field. They had okay. another down. They had another down. <laughs> yeah, and we'll oh, never know say. what would have happened on that down, will we? We'll oh, never know. One thing Jeffrey and I are going to agree on is we're not giving it back. <laughs> no, that's eight. We're uh, taking it. And you shouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> give it back either. I wouldn't give My- it back either, but you guys would complain. My favorite oh. memory from that Super Bowl is the coin toss. And it involves <laughs> it involves Lofa Tatu because he he is standing there like his phenomenal season, such an incredible linebacker. Yeah. Uh, and he was one of the players I was most worried about in that game because I was like, they're gonna be able to stop our run with sure. what they have on the defensive line and, and Lofa. And then that coin toss, if you go back and look at it, Lofa's standing there on one side, and right across from him is Joey Porter. He was making himself physically as tall as he can, glaring <laughs> straight down at Lofa. And I was just really watching, and I'm just dying because that's so, oh, I'm gonna oh man, I'm gonna so ask Joey Lofa Porter. about that. I'm gonna yeah, ask Lofa to, about you that. Can, we were... You can see the opening of it. He's just staring and glaring. Like, I mean, Joey Porter made that whole the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, and as much as he could, he made it about himself. Wow, uh, but he's Jeremy Stevens' character. And I right. loved that. I loved that image of him just trying so hard to intimidate somebody. Oh, man, we record our show tomorrow. I'm going to ask Lofa about that moment. <laughs> I don't think you could intimidate Lofa, though. I don't think there's a guy that would intimidate no, him. No, I just love I've tried a million like, times. This rookie who's had this incredible season is sitting there with this just absolute maniac of a player across from just <laughs> staring. Like, Joey Porter full on flexing at him. Like, huh. it, was, it was such a Joey Porter moment. Yeah, jo- Joey's nuts. Yeah, we love out. Joey, but he's nuts. <laughs> he was certifiably nuts. How many players get on the Ravens bus to try and fight the whole team? Not yeah. many. <laughs> Not many, no. <laughs> you have something cool going on with, yeah. the, uh, with the Seahawks, don't you? Yeah, yeah. We have a really cool thing going on. Um, we're selling ticket packages, uh, travel packages, this year, the Seahawks are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Munich, Germany um, on November 13th. And so our podcast is selling travel ticket packages. I mean, you know, you could be a Seahawk fan, but also this is just an ultimate NFL fan experience because what we're doing is we're going to have four nights in a hotel at a four-star hotel in Munich. We're going to have uh, exclusive dinner events with former Seahawk legends. Um, we're playing a flag football game on the ground, guys, the day before the game with our Seahawk legends that we're going to have a professional sports photographer at, and they're going to be taking pictures. You guys can have a, our guys sign it or whatever. We're doing a pep rally the night before the game. And then, of course, you can get game tickets. So you get all of that rolled up into one travel package. Um, you'd have to buy the flight or get over there, but maybe there's some people that are listening who already live in Europe or something like that, right? So just uh, there's a website. It's lofainGermany.com. So <laughs> sounds like a website that uh, might have a firewall or something in front of it, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Lofa does Lofa Munich. In Germany. We're only selling 51 spots. Because that love is jersey, so it's gonna sell out. But we're gonna go over there and just have a blast and Germany and watch the Seahawks take on uh, Tom Brady. 
That's awesome. That is fantastic. Uh, do you have anything else uh, you want to plug for our listeners before we before you go? Uh, I mean, just check out our podcast if you want to. We'll be previewing the the Steelers matchup as well, and you know, talking Seahawks all year long. If you're a football junkie, enough football, check us out also. Because and also, you know, we don't just talk Seahawks, do we, producer Katie? Oh, you guys talk about whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Thing. So it check is us sandwich. out, Take 12 Podcast, and uh, follow us on uh, social media at Take12Pod, P-O-D at the end. You said it is a sandwich? Yeah, it's a sandwich. Anything on bread's a sandwich. It's only a sandwich if you oh, put man. coleslaw on it, Brian. Oh, well, yeah. In Pittsburgh, oh, yeah. see? The, <laughs> so, the, debate, the debate rages. It rages on. Is a cal- <laughs> calzone's a sandwich, too. Oh, my goodness. Uh, calzone, oh, you're crazy going now. now. I don't know. Calzone is more of an empanada. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't think empanada doesn't have its own category. Empanadas in categories. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. You ever had a really good empanada? It's in its own category. Trust me. I, I'm gonna have to side with him on that one, Brian. A good man, empanada. I, <laughs> I'm still upset that Taco Bell got rid of the caramel apple empanada. Oh, oh man, yeah. what a bummer! Yeah, and they're Those still sold out of the Mexican pizza. Trust me, I've been trying to get one up and down the West Coast for the last like twelve hours. <laughs> Every Taco Bell we stop at, no more Mexican pizza. What's oh that? wow! Now the live chat is jumping in. Just me, who's up from that area, um, asking: Is cereal a soup? <laughs> uh, no, it's a gazpacho. There you go. <laughs> it's a wheat. Oh, that sounds disgusting. A wheat <laughs> Gross. No, I would not like any cereal gazpacho, sir. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. That was well off track here. Uh, before we let you go, one last thing. Even though it yeah. is a preseason game and the final score doesn't matter, we always ask our guests on Know Your Enemy to predict the final, the winner and the final score of the game before they go. Okay, uh, I will go. Let's see. What was the, the bus? Was number 36? Six. 38, 36, 36. 36. Okay, Seahawks 51 in honor of Lofa, Steelers 36. <laughs> Good, that's as valid a choice as any for the preseason. Hey, if that happens, that means both teams are scoring, and for preseason, I'll take it. Oh, yeah, man, that would be entertaining. I would love that. <laughs> well, thanks so much, right. Brett. Hey, yeah, thanks, thank guys. Always enjoy being on. Shout out to Shannon. And uh, have a good season, guys. Go Seahawks. All right, Brett. Take it easy. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk Bye, in guys. February when we're we're taking on each other. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So, Brian, that was a good conversation there. Yeah, uh, getting back to some football, though. <laughs> um. What are you looking for from the Steelers side? We've talked a lot about the Seahawks, but the, for the Steelers in this matchup, what are you looking forward to? Number one, if I see anything, it's an assemblance of a running game. I don't care who the running back is. In fact, I'm hoping it's not 22. I, no Najee this week. And no Najee as a luxury, not because you can have Najee because of an injury. I want to see these guys in the backfield, but having holes to run into, run, not into, run through, excuse me. 
And that's the most important thing because I think that sets everything up. I think we're pretty satisfied of what we have as far as the Steelers in a wide receiver crew, a pass catching crew with Najee in the backfield with gosh, with those tight ends, I'm really loving what they have going on there, but that running game is going to set everything up. I still think that you can have um, a quarterback play that is not at a superstar level, but you have everything else around you. Um, that running game going well and those wide receivers and the tight ends, I think you're going to be in really good shape, but it's all going to start with that offensive line and that running game. And like I told you, Jeff, I've been, I've been watching so many games recently and I've been watching old games from the eighties because I'm researching this article for the best games. And I'm watching these games. The eighties wasn't the greatest year they were reeling off games with 220 yards, 250 yards rushing. There was even one with like 300 plus and the quarterback play in the eighties wasn't great, but they were winning a lot of games and with uh, even a subpar wide receiver crew. Cause everybody was beat up and they won a game. They were winning games with Mark Malone starting as a rookie at wide receiver, you know, so and he's a quarterback. So they had to do that kind of stuff, but because they had a good running game, because they had the holes open for them, they were able to do so many different things. So that's what I'd like to see happen. You know, I know this is a different brand of football 40 years later, but I'd like to see them set up the pass now with the run. Absolutely. I, I want to point out that uh, you're talking about the Steelers with doing well without great quarterback play. There's not many quarterbacks that have started for the Steelers for a season and not made the playoffs. I mean, Brister made the playoffs. Mike Tomzak made the playoffs. Cordell Stewart made the playoffs twice. Tommy Maddox made the playoffs. Like there are, there are a lot of quarterbacks following Terry Bradshaw that were the leader of the team and made the playoffs. Stout made the playoffs. Yep. Uh, Mark Malone, I think Mark Malone made the playoffs. Mark Malone and David Woodley both started that 1984 season, and yeah. they went to the AFC Championship game against yeah. Miami that year. So, yeah. Uh, this when team, you're look, looking at starters, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Neil O'Donnell was a was a very good. He was like a, he was like a bubble pro bowler type of level of a quarterback when he had a good season you could you could say okay he's worth a pro bowl vote he went to the super bowl with the steelers and if the steelers are able to build up an offense like they did back then have a defense like it looks like it could be this year absolutely they could do that with the quarterback and so i'm going to agree with you one of the big things is definitely that offensive line and not just i mean i mean i don't i don't even care as much about the success i want to see the dedication i want to see the attitude i want to see a temperament of a team that says we are going to run the ball like i i always go back to the 2003 season a few like uh i think it was alan fanica was playing tackle there was a few injuries a few people out of position one of the worst run teams in the nfl the next year 2004 number one because and the major difference is they committed to it. 
They came in with the right temperament and attitude and said, we are going to run the ball. And I, I want to see that from this team. I want to see that kind of commitment. Yeah, I do too. And I think that's going to start with James Daniels. I think he could be the guy that could be the star of this team. But like you said at the beginning of the show, you're done with the ifs and trying to speculate what the storylines are. We're going to see the storylines play out now. I have not heard much about James Daniels in camp, but, and sometimes that's a good thing when you're talking about offensive linemen. So I want to see what he can do, but the big thing I want to see is that left guard position. And I want to see nobody win that by default. And somebody barely, I would rather see one of those guys barely beat the other because they're so good and you're yeah. going back and forth. But I think you need fire from a guy like Kevin Dotson and James Daniels is going to have to bring some fire too and really stabilize that whole unit. Because when you're talking about passion, you need that from your offensive linemen. They have a history of passion on that offensive line. Yep. One of the one of the best things I have heard with James Daniels is uh, some of the other players were talking about his leadership, and he was talking about Pat Meyer and the amount of instruction they were getting. I've also heard people comparing how in the offensive line in the last few seasons, previous training camps, they were they were very big on getting as many repetitions of a drill as they could, whereas this year with Pat Meyer, he will stop the entire drill and focus on like small little details that the players are doing wrong and help them get it right. And then continue the drill going for more. Like, it doesn't matter how many times you do this, you need to be doing it right. And I'm hoping we see that translate onto the field. Like we saw last year, Kendrick green had all the nastiness in the world. When he got the better of somebody, he would fold them into a ball and push them into the ground. Like he was trying to bury them in a flower garden but he just didn't win the battles enough because his technique was terrible. And so this year I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can see that technique come together. We can see that temperament come together, that commitment to running the ball first and foremost. That's, that's, that's really almost everything to this, this year's offense. Yeah, I would say that. And, you know, I like what you said about Pat Meyer. I like what I'm hearing. The only thing that I caution anybody on is nobody bashes the new coach. Yeah. You know, nobody true. says, nah, That's why did they bring this guy in? The other one was better. <laughs> one, <laughs> you're, not yeah, keeping your, you're not keeping your job too much, too long when you do that. But no, I really think that they did their homework on this guy. I think it's one of the reasons that uh, they, both positions were vacated when the assistant went to Chicago. And they they kind of knew that they wanted to bring new blood in. They wanted to bring in a teacher, and they really got one. So I, I'm really excited about Pat Meyer there. There's so many things on offense I want to see that I'm going to be looking for. But the one thing, and I mentioned number 22, I don't want to see numbers that I, I know. I want to see numbers that some people are going to have to look up, go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's who that guy is. Yeah. But. But numbers that we do know, 14 to 19, we're mm-hmm. going to be watching because they're, I almost hate the praise that George Pickens is getting right now. And it's because he's being built up into something great and which I truly believe he can be. I just, uh, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather him not have to live up to anything. 
it almost seems like CA3, Calvin Austin the third, is uh, in better position right now because they're not boasting about something great he does every single day. But then again, when you have something great going on, you're going to talk about it. Yeah. Is there any... I know you're probably going to talk about the uh, the Redmond Award later on this week. Uh, if not, feel free to talk about that right now. But is there any player flying under the radar reserves that you're really excited about that you really want to see who could be a potential Redmond Award nominee here? Well, the guy that I thought would have been a shoe in and I didn't even pick him because everybody else was going to, seems like uh, we haven't heard much about him. That's Mateo Durant. And I know yeah. they're bringing other other running backs in i'm really excited to see master teague i haven't given up on the idea of of mateo durant because i'd love to see him but i've already lost my i I lost him right before camp my redmond award winner and it was tyree johnson so so i i was out of the race before it even started yeah people have been uh what's his name the running back jalen warren jalen warren's been getting some hype out of camp shannon Uh, loves jalen warren Yes. He's also, his favorite guy, though, is Mark Robinson, uh, yes. who I'm very excited to see in this preseason game. Uh, it's all the same for me. I got tickets. I'm going to be there. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting uh, to, to see a preseason game, to see all those players and get to see them in person. I'm going to, I am going to be having, I'm going to have like a cheat sheet. I'm already playing. I'm going to write the numbers down for players so that I have the roster in front of me just print out the list of names and numbers and be like, Oh, okay. That's who that guy is. You know, I'm, I'm very excited to see it. So are you going to go do an Aussie with a uh, big bro? Sco who's going to be at the game. We tried to hook up uh, at the, when they, when they held the draft party at Heinz field, I was there and he was there and we didn't, we didn't manage to, to meet up. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to figure out something. Uh, you guys got to give me a free podcast out of this. Give me at least five minute recap after the game. You and Big Bro stand like weasel your way down on the field. I know you guys can do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can get arrested. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I, Jeff will pay it. <laughs> Je- Je- Jeff and Dave they they make the big bucks. They'll bail they'll bail you guys out. I mean, Dave that's his brother. You know, he's definitely going to bail him out. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to it's time to wrap up the show. Uh, it's been great fun having you on here, Brian. Always our, our guest, Brian, was Brian, not Brian. You're Brian. Uh, I forgot our guest name all of a sudden. Brett Davern. Yeah, Brett Davern. Thank you. It was great. Uh, to wrap this up, Brian, anything you want to anything you want to plug uh, before we go? Guys, there's so much stuff going on here at BTSC, and you know you're going to hear everything first. Get ready for tomorrow morning, another fantastic episode of the Stat Geek, followed by the uh, the big one. I know you love it. And uh, the uh, the very first episode where, where they blasted you right away, and then you guys became buddies, what Ian's talking <laughs> about. It's always going to, it's always a fun show. And oh. then, then you're going to throw in the preview with Jeff, Dave, and myself tomorrow night. But if there's one of these shows that you missed, especially your show, Jeffrey, I can't get enough. It's one of my favorite shows from the cutting room floor. I still picture you with a black and gold velvet smoking jacket doing this show. And I, I might even have to buy you one with a BTSC logo on it. But <laughs> if if you didn't hear that show from Tuesday, or even if you didn't hear the ones from 
just January or October, uh, you'll go back and listen to these. You have access to them. The archives are easy to find. You can you can just find any old episode anywhere you download your favorite podcasts. So they're really good to uh, listen to. Uh, it's fun to go back in time too to listen to what we were talking about back then. But Jeffrey's show is absolutely fantastic. So make sure you check those out. Catch up because sometimes I'm listening. I'm trying to listen to all the shows and I'm a week behind and, but I'm still, still hearing them all. So you can go do that too. Whatever your favorite show here is on BTSC. You don't have to love them all. In fact, you can see the ones with my name and go, I don't want to listen to that dude, but I want to listen to Jeffrey. So go ahead and do that. But with that being said, check out BTSC, not just your nonstop shop, but your one-stop shop. And we are going to go ahead and get ready to have a show come back. And that is glorious because it is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers behind the steel curtain post game podcast because there's a game. So that is my favorite show to talk about. Why? Because there's games attached to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And speaking of going back and listening to shows, if you want to go back and listen to an old episode of the curtain call. You can go back to when we talked about the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, when when I personally stated uh, that I thought a wide receiver like George Pickens would fall to the Steelers and the Steelers would have a chance to draft somebody that shouldn't have been there in the second round, in the second round. And it turned out to actually be George Pickens who fell. <laughs> uh, I, I went back and looked that up a, a, like a week ago because I remembered saying that uh, and I wanted to brag to somebody that I kind of called it. Uh, but you could do that as I've got a couple articles coming out soon about what to watch for in this upcoming preseason game, uh, along with an article about the uh, potential candidates for the Redmond Award as we hit this very important, crucial preseason time of the season where we where the real battle for the Isaac Redmond Award heats up. Make sure you're watching the games. Make sure you're tuning in to the entire family of behind the steel curtain podcast and checking out BT, behind the steel curtain.com including i gotta jump in including a mike tomlin press conference recap tomorrow with dave schofield all right all right well that's it for our show thank you all for listening As- and let's go see